Thanks for tuning in to this podcast-only edition of Dig Deep. Right before elections, Aaron Brown and Chuck Marone, they are our moderators, our liberal and our conservative commentators or moderators, however you might want to put it. And they're talking today about what happens next. What happens after we find out who wins the elections? How will the country react in this politically divided time? This kind of programming is made possible by the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund of Minnesota, as well as people like you. We're member-supported media. We are local, independent for the people of northern Minnesota and beyond. Please consider becoming a member. If you are a regular listener to Dig Deep, we need you. Go to kaxe.org. Here's Chuck Marone. I think the one thing that we didn't chat about that that maybe it doesn't deserve our time, but is the idea of like what happens next. I think as part of the fear meme, as part of the uh, the raised tensions, and, and uh, the, the, trust me, the president has not done anything to tamp this down. If anything, he's, he's ramped this up, is this idea that uh, there will be this nasty transition. Um, either Trump will refuse to uh, leave office, even if he loses, uh, Democrats will you know, go to court if they lose and it's going to be thrown to the house and there's going to be uh, It's interesting because you have to have lost, let me put it this way, you, the level of faith you have to have lost in our democratic system has got to be really huge for you to be buying into this. And if, if, if we've lost that much faith in our democratic system, I really question whether we can have a democratic system. Because there's a certain amount of faith that is intrinsic in the, 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 the governance of this country. Um, let me give you just a couple of examples. We, we have to believe, we have to have faith that, uh, you know, courts will properly adjudicate these things and, and will not adjudicate them on partisan grounds. Um, we have to have faith that the Supreme Court, if this is ultimately, you know, sent on there on uh, something of like hanging chads or whatever are, are going to actually administer what the, the laws and the rules are. We have to have faith that when Al Gore uh, has a Supreme Court ruling that doesn't go his way, uh, instead of encouraging his, his supporters to wage guerrilla warfare, uh, take to the hills and, and you know, do armed insurrections, uh, actually says, you know, no, it's, it's time to move on. You know, when, when Norm Coleman loses a, uh, a campaign uh, to Al Franken, and it was hard fought and hard contested and it comes down to really a coin flip. The coin flip goes against him two flips in a row and he has to say, hey, this is all we've done. You know, we have to let this system work. Um, I, I believe that if Trump loses and for some reason says, this is illegitimate and I'm not walking away, I do have faith that Republicans on Capitol Hill will walk over the White House and say, yes, you are. Um, now, maybe you all don't agree with that and maybe you all don't think that would happen. And I would say you have a, you have a level of cynicism that is, is way deeper than mine is. Um, I think that if Joe Biden loses this election and fights it and it goes to the Supreme Court and he loses at the Supreme Court, I also think Joe Biden says, all right, you know, we, we, this is our system and I don't like the outcome, but I will live with it. Um, if those things don't happen, we're in a different system of governance. But I think what's even more important than that is if we start to believe that those things 
are on the table or are one of the, 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 the possibilities, I think we actually help bring about a, a, the system we don't want. I guess maybe I'll just leave that there. Uh, th th this has bothered me quite a bit because I feel like by giving it discussion and press time and legitimacy and, and say, well, well, will Trump leave or will he not leave? You, you actually make it one of the range of options where it really shouldn't be one of the range of options. One of the uh, idea, ideal ideas we uh, share at uh, when I teach conflict management and relationship development in my classes. Uh, I know it's ridiculous that I get to teach such things, but I do. And in, in terms of relationship progress, there's a period of deterioration in all long-term relationships. And we've all been at relationships ourselves here in this group for a while. And so we know that there are, there are ups and downs. Um, but uh, deterioration is something that occurs first in the in the mind. It's intrapersonal deterioration first before it becomes interpersonal, where you act out on the deterioration that you've already felt. So you might silently resent something your partner does uh, for a few days, but then you start to act differently. And then you're acting differently, they act differently. And pretty soon this is elevated into a conflict or something that could pose real, you know, real threat long-term if you don't address it. And, and I feel like what Chuck just said is true is that I think there's a lot of people and I'm one of them sometimes. I don't like to be, but, but every once in a while I have a thought like, yeah, the whole system's going to come down. Yeah, let's, uh, I get a brick. I'll throw a brick through a window. Um, you know, sure, let's, let's do it. I'm so mad. And, and, and other people are never going to hear my point of view no matter how rationally I put it. So what else am I going to do? And, and I'm not throwing bricks through windows and I'm likely to stay home on election night, no matter what, and I'm not going to go out and cause trouble. So don't take me off the watch list, federal agents. But, um, but I, I think about it and I think a lot of people are thinking about, you know, whether, whatever side you're on, you're thinking about how oh, it's going to break apart and people are going to go nuts. And ugh. I hear that's actually, I hear more of that than, than talk about who someone's voting for. Everyone just talks about how, Oh, it's going to be, crap after it's going to be really bad and i think like chuck said that that is a self-fulfilling prophecy of sorts um i hope not it's i hope it's not as big a problem as as i think it's likely to be less of a deal than more of a deal uh it's likely to underwhelm us you know because i've heard the sky is falling before uh on a lot of political races that were tight and we wondered and even after 2016 where it, it was such a shock that Trump won that election for especially for Democrats who honestly believed it was never going to happen and it did and and they went out and they protested but it was not terribly there was not a lot of violence or anything it was just a protest and people kind of really just mourning together what had happened there might there will be that um there will be protests i would guarantee that much but that's not a bad thing um uh, it's not a bad thing, no matter who's doing it. So I think if we if we kind of, you know, instead of letting the worst case scenario play out in our head, if we just imagine, you know, something happening and then we dealing with it, then it might be better. I will say there was, one, there was a, 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 something I wanted to mention earlier uh, when Chuck was talking about the disaffected voter who voted for Trump, but is now disappointed with Trump, doesn't see themselves in Biden, where do they go after this election? Where do they go in the future? Um, they don't, they're just not happy. And, and um, I wanted to make this comparison because I enjoy the metaphor. Because I've been, I've been reviewing um, 
the for, the fourth season of Fargo uh, for uh, and I don't know I don't know if anybody's even watching that show anymore but and I won't get into the plot but um, there's a character in the show her name is Orietta Mayflower she's the only Minnesotan in this season so I pay special attention to her and her her deal is she's kind of a sociopathic um, nurse who midway through we find out is the serial killer. Anyway, so she's she's kind of out there as a character, but she's um, you know, self-assured. She sees so much wrong in the world and she's trying to do her version of right even though it's a little extreme, you know, at times. And um and she's uh uh you know, very she moralistic. She she knows what she wants, but she's really frustrated and she believes a lot of things that aren't true. She's kind of racist a little bit, you know, just on the edges. Um and and so, but I compared her earlier before I even thought of this for this. I thought uh, she's kind of like in the show, um, an outboard motor that's broken loose of the boat. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these things happen. You, you hear legends of it out on the lakes of Minnesota, and a, and a motor that's running without a boat that's just running and it's skipping and it's jumping and it's spinning its prop around and it's and it could go anywhere. It could hit somebody's boat or kill somebody or. Or just putter out and run out of gas. It could fly through somebody's uh, sauna door. You don't know what this thing is going to do. It's just wild out there on the lake, and everybody can't help but watch it. And I kind of feel like there's that that element in our electorate right now, where it's not tethered to a boat. It's not governed by gravity or laws, or or it's it's not attached to uh, the old coalitions that have opposed each other for a long time in this country it's it's something else and um it could something really bad could happen most likely not but it's out there it's just and everyone's got to watch and see what it does yeah that's all i got <laughs> crazy out of control motors yeah um i i do think it's hard for me philosophically not to look at this as, um, you know, uh, 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 this is a this is a very scary thought too. So I'm I'm I hate to to bring this in, but it is the extra, so we can say these. Um, I've 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 thought a lot about the Reformation lately, and about just how Gutenberg, you know, kicked off this shift. Um, you know, Gutenberg and the printing press, and we celebrate it today as this, you know, great advancement for, for humans. Uh, we went from, you know, being able to produce one book every six months with a monk sitting there copying it by hand uh, to now being able to, to print hundreds in a day. And it, it changed literacy. It changed the way people were able to receive information and share information. Some of the earliest uses of the printing press were printing, you know, what we today would just call pamphlets, one page, you know, screeds about whatever topic or issue. Um, and this was basically like, you know, their version of Twitter. It, it was this, you know, you, you had local uh, leaders who were able to control the message and control the distribution of information. And you would have the town crier go out and deliver the news. And of course, the town crier would not say anything that the, uh, the leader of the town did not want spoken, uh, that would that would not work. And all of a sudden, here's this printing press and you can literally like print up a pamphlet and then send it across the, the German countryside and have every town receive their version and have it go to every rabble rouser in every place. And um, 
you know, what transpired from this was millions of people died in, in wars and riots and in civil wars and insurrections in governments putting down people uh, who were rising up and people rising up and attacking governments. And, and you saw a, a complete um, inversion of the despotic power structure that, that had two aspects of it that I think are really important. Um, first of all, it had an out of touch power structure, a power structure that was actually not serving the needs of people and was using their position and the narrative and whatever to, to manipulate that. Uh, on the other side, you had people who were now free from uh, kind of the shackles of, of tradition and the shackles of, uh, of hierarchy and the, 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 the shackles of like this narrative that they had grown up being told was real. Um, it's hard for me not to see, and, and I'm a conservative, so I, I see disorder everywhere. Um, you know, I, I fear chaos to a degree. I, I feel like civilization is a very hard thing to create uh, and a thing that we all have to work to nurture and to sustain, and that the natural order of humans is not uh, constructive dialogue and not, you know, productive uh, endeavors, but actually more chaos. And, and so I, I fear that. I feel like we are dangerously close to um, to outcomes that uh, have some parallel in the Reformation, uh, an upsetting of the power structure, an inversion of hierarchy, um, and 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 this may be along racial lines. It may be along. Uh oh, did I lose you guys? No, it just mm -hmm. flashed up on my screen that I did. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it, it may be along, uh, you know, class lines, it may be along rural urban lines, uh, but it, it seems like there's a lot of um, coin to be minted right now today in the, this kind of new wild west of, of you know, our Gutenberg revolution online. Uh, there's a lot to be, to be made by dividing us and by not having any sense of commonality. We started, before we went on the air, we talked about the four governors of Minnesota doing this public service announcement, which was on one hand about voting, you know, get out and vote. Uh, but on the other hand was about be patient with our uh, electors, be patient with the ballot counting. You might not know the winner on, on election night. There's a lot of uh, absentee ballots. There's a lot of, you know, this is going to, this is something new. Just be, be patient. The, the thing about that that was so great that I loved, that absolutely touched me, was that here's four governors who campaigned against each other to some degree, or, or certainly not on the same team, um, and independent, uh, you know, which we are one of the few states to have had a real true independent, uh, a Republican, a Republican who wound up running for president and himself was part of a, a, a partisan, you know, shift in this state. Uh, two Democrats, including our current sitting governor, who's been embroiled in, you know, what has been partisan back and forth. Their appeal to us was, hey, as Minnesotans, we do elections well. As Minnesotans, here's what we're about. As Minnesotans, we are smarter than other people, better than other people. We do these things really well. We're nicer. We're more patient. We're more prudent. And so let's lean into all those things and let's be really, really good at being Minnesotans in this election. Um, some of those myths are not true. You know, are, are, are we all above average? Uh, statistically, no, we're not. But we like to tell ourselves that we are. 
when you see our leaders appealing to our best sense of who we are as people, um, you know, we can do amazing things. But there's not a lot of coin to be printed right now today in doing that. And, and I just, I, I have some existential fears on where elections like this and dialogues like this ultimately take us. Um, is next Tuesday going to be a flashpoint or is it going to be a, a turning point of reconciliation? I, I hope it's the, it's the latter, but I sense it won't be. Yeah, I don't know that it has to be like the beginning of the end, but it's it's definitely part of a, an era that we will study in this country uh, where increased partisanship uh, and uncontrolled information. I think it'll be, you know, this is where the information age goes from novel and fun, you know, oh boy, hamster dance. I don't know. I, it's really cool that I can see my friends from high school. Yeah. Um, like that was right. awesome. Social media is great. Yeah. Uh, it's really crazy that now I hear of every tiny, you know, person who throws a rock through a window in every city and yells some insane thing is now give it fed to me all the time consistently. Right. right. right? Yeah. And every, every, yeah, exactly. And every, every story like that is then fed through a partisan lens or, or filtered through a partisan lens and and we are all forced to have an opinion about it and to not only have an opinion, but to express it to our friends from high school and then <laughs> argue with them about it. And that's the thing that, uh, that's the moment we're in that is, uh, and then also um, we haven't even talked about money, but um, we're gonna, we, we may or may not break turnout records, but we are going to once again, break campaign spend uh, spending records. Uh, it's already happened. And so um, you, you look at the amount of money that's been raised in short amounts of time based on political events that have occurred either for President Trump or for Biden or, you know, the, the enormous sums of money that are made and then spent like like air. Uh, it Literally, it is air. It's broadcast TV spots and online digital advertising. And, and, and we don't even know about it, really. We know we see the ads. We can't escape them. I put on a Toots Maytel uh, a YouTube video, a hour-long concert, and it's got an ad in the middle, and it's it's uh, a it's a a pack spending on my the state senate race that where I live, uh, a negative ad against one of the candidates, um, and I know from checking numbers that that they spent quarter uh, they spent um, a quarter of a million dollars running ads like this in the middle of my Toots Maytel cool reggae jam session that I'm just trying to chill, man. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's right there in the middle. And so um, the amount of money spent, and, and this is the other thing that's going to reach ahead. I mean, we're, we're, it's sneeches is what it is. They're it's making, they're, they're making money on us both ways. Every which way we go, Round and round we go, stars upon thars or not, um, they make money off us. It's it's telling too that this is the first year um, yard signs, which has always been a big part of politics in northern Minnesota. And I remember yard sign operations were were pro bono. You 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 printed the signs, the campaign did, and you got them out to your supporters, and they put them in your yard. Now both of the major party candidates are making money off of selling their yard signs and then pop-up stores. This was a phenomenon we saw. They were selling campaign merch right. um, to their supporters. So supporters were paying money and not all of it was going to even the candidate that they supported. It was going to who the heck knows, um, raising money off of our political differences. And there's just so much of that. It's sneeches. 
let, yeah. let, let me say one pro-Trump thing. Um, because I, I, I do think that the idea, the concept of Donald Trump as it was presented to us in 2015 and 2016 was that here would be, uh, you know, here you have a system that is sneeches, that is basically uh, a, a slightly left of center and a slightly right of center uh, group of people who the one thing they had in common was that they could make money off of us and have power off of us and that by dividing us, uh, it, 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 we could keep us fighting with each other and 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 ignore, you know, the, the person behind the curtain. And Donald Trump was like, I, I, I'm going to upset that. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm coming in. We're going to drain the swamp. I'm not part of that. Look, they don't like me. They're not going to invite me to their parties. They're going to cancel the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And all those things happened. Trump has been the outsider. There's the, one thing that we agree is that the insiders in each party absolutely hate this man. Um, that being said, you know, it, 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 it was an imperfect vessel, <laughs> to say the least, for actually like reforming these systems. And I, I think this has to raise, for those of us that want to see things more localized, want to see serious reform, want to see some of these systems become more responsive to, to us and our local communities, um, I think we have some serious questions to ask about what the mechanism for that to happen is. Um, it's hard to see the inside players, the Joe Bidens and, 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 you know, the Mitch McConnell's, you know, actually look and say, we need to fundamentally shift power in the system. Yet the one thing that is common amongst the disenfranchised conservatives and the disenfranchised liberals, progressives, is that they both feel not represented by this system, that it does not respond to them or their needs. And, you know, you find that in Black Lives Matters and you find that in the Tea Party. And I, I think they're both right. All right. Yeah. Well, oh, oh go ahead. no, I was no, going to say, I, I think we're at about time. Yeah. I don't have to say anything. I have sun, which is great. This is so weird to have yeah, sun. You're a glowing. You are like an angel now. Oh, yeah, yes. Angelic. I've always been. You just didn't. How know. much snow did you guys Either that or a cocoon, a uh, person from cocoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you guys get a lot of snow? Uh, oh, me? Yeah. We got about f four or five inches. Right? Yeah. I mean, originally, and then it's, there's a few. It's It's been melting down mostly. Yeah. Like the grass, most of the open, sunny grass is, is clear now. But um, when I talked to yeah. Marshall earlier today, so up in Tower Cook area, the, a lot of the, the lakes are frozen, the smaller ones, and no Pike, Pike Bay yeah. is ours, ours frozen. Ours iced over, but then it opened up that day because okay. it got warm. We like, just have a little over. little bit on the edges here in Pacagama, but um, mm -hmm. he said yeah, even Pike Bay on. Uh, Vermilion is frozen over already. So, mm -hmm. Aaron, are your your boys trick or treat? Uh, no, not anymore. Um, they, so no tension this year. No tension because they already gave it up last year, so they are not resuming it. Um, okay. We started last year the tradition of um, just doing something as a family at home. We buy big bags of candy and just let them eat it, and you know, no rules, and then uh, watch a movie, and uh, that's what we'll do this year. That's cool. Yeah, Heidi. Um, you, uh, we we're in the neighborhood that's probably the most popular oh, yeah. neighborhood in all of the Brainerd Lakes area for trick or treating, and so we're, I'm geared up for it. Like we're ready to go, but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm uh, mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to put a thing out along the sidewalk 
and just place candy on tables yeah. so that people can just walk by and they don't have to come up my drive and stand in a line. And You know what's right. going to happen, though. What? There's gonna be, they're going to take one from each one. Oh, no, totally. I Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had an interesting conversation today about, you know, because we've been reading the public service announcements from the Department of Health about Halloween and, you know, just minimizing risk and stuff. And they have not addressed, and maybe it's because they don't get what a big deal deer hunting is, but um, I think that's going to be really interesting when it comes to COVID. And I even asked the head PR person at the DNR, are you guys doing anything? I asked her today, and she's like, oh, we didn't even think of that. Like well, those, there are yeah. tons of people crammed into tiny shelters that it's have no ventilation. Week. I know. Yeah, it's next week. I, what, what is the fear of deer hunting? Oh, no, of COVID hunting spread. isn't the problem, but being in shacks with yeah. tiny shacks oh, with no ventilation. Not, yeah, yeah. cuz yeah. it's it's such a huge deal for people to come up here and be all be together at night when you're done hunting. So um, I'm surprised the state didn't pick up on that. Not that it would help. I mean, I don't think it's going to change a lot yeah, of people's the traditions. Isn't change but, your behavior, um, but, but we, it's on our mind though, because like my the shack, my, my dad's family, we, we have a shack, and um, Grandpa's 87. Um, uh, my dad's a maintenance supervisor for Chisago County, where it's spiking. Yeah, uh, he's got coworkers down in quarantine. Uh, my uncle runs a nursing home. Uh, my other uncle runs a company that transports people to and from hospitals. I mean, yeah, you know, should we do this for grandpa's sake? You know, should we do this? But yeah. I think the fact that almost everyone is having that thought mm -hmm. means that there's no way Trump wins this election. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. I just, I, I don't think you can be entertaining that thought at the same time and have that. You can still vote for Trump and entertain that thought. But what you've done is you've created friction for that vote. Mm -hmm. um, resistance. I don't think, yeah. yeah, I don't think Trump can have resistance. I don't think he can have friction. On if it vote. was getting better, if all we were talking about was the economy's all right and things are pretty good, uh, mm -hmm. maybe not many better, but whatever, it's fine. Then, then you can kind of people can be afraid of the blue wave, be afraid of Biden and the radical left and all this. But when it's just like, no, man, we got to beat this disease and you got to take it seriously. Um, and then he's he's deliberately not taking it seriously. Like he's going out of his way. He could be, he could put a, a BS face on this and just like, oh yeah, I'm wearing masks now. Everything's great. Uh, we're still just, you know, give a little distance everybody and, and everyone's give them a thousand points of credit on that. You know, oh, look at Trump. He's trying now. He'd be, a, but he can't do it. He's pathologically incapable. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like this would have been such an easy election for him to win. If he, he could have won it big. <laughs> 